Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Don't Mind Cruxmon. I'm K.A. Stats, the writer and creator. And I'm Travis Vengroff, the producer and director, and together we are Fool and Scholar Productions. As a small independent production team, it takes two weeks for us to create the quality episodes we can be proud of and that we think you, our audience, deserve. If you are looking for something to listen to during the time between episodes of Don't Mind, check out our other Fool and Scholar Productions. The White Vault, Vast Horizon, Liberty, and Dark Dice. All of our shows are supported through Patreon and the dedicated patrons who support us. Simply put, our Patreon backers make all this a reality. Check out the benefits of becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash foolandscholar and see everything we have to offer. Now, thank you for tuning in. And enjoy this episode. Previously on Don't Mind Croxmont, after attempting to console the fretful teenager Millie, Dr. Kingston retired for the evening. The next morning, while checking back in on the hospital, she received a warning from Adelaide to leave Cruxmont and not return. Gwen and Neil discussed their goals and misgivings about the village over breakfast and avoided the town constable by heading over to the local church. Along the way, they trespassed on the grounds of the Allhill Orchard and were confronted by Roger Allhill. Roger accompanied them to the church where they overheard a discomforting conversation and Gwen discovered a peculiar problem with the local graves. None of them were dated. Really. I think it needs tucking up is all. A bit of sanding and a fresh layer of paint. Varnish too, of course. Oh, only the last of the next festival. Eh? I agree. I do. Mm. It's just a matter of the work. We're busy enough as it is in the rows. No, 
but we're about sort out of the jams. A lot more local travellers stop in for jams and fizz in a picture of the orchards, since local travel's easier given everything. Good business. Oh, good to see you, dear. Missed you in there today. Love the new hat, Mrs. Worth. Thank you. I finished the final touches on Friday. Now, I need to talk to you about those cars. See, those headlights come right through my window ever since the hedgerows with it, and they come round that bend that fast, I swear. Mrs. Worth. I oh, have don't some... worry, dear. This won't take too much of your time, and it's a matter of safety. Those cars passing through, well, they don't know how sharp that bend is. And without the head, Hurry up if you plan to ask about Colin. They won't wait around for you. Pass out your flyers. Now? Yeah, okay. Uh, hi. Please, take a flyer. <clears throat> hi. My brother Colin is missing. Please take a flyer. Mm-hmm. Hi. Have you seen this man? Your brother, is it? Where are you from? You sound American. I am. And, and so is Colin. Uh, he was last spotted here in Cruxmont. Really? Well, we can certainly keep an eye out for him. Not a big place. Hard to lose someone here. Thanks. Oh, hi. Uh, please take a flyer. Okay. Yes, hello. Uh, have you seen this man? Hmm? What's all this then? My brother Colin is missing. This is his picture, please. Take the flyer. Have you seen Colin anywhere? He was last spotted here in Cruxmont about a week ago. An American? You know, we have a few Americans at the festival every year. Did they come for the festival? I mean, they may not be in the village yet, so it's not not until the weekend. Yes, I, I know. But he wasn't coming for the festival. He was on a lone hiking tour kind of thing. I haven't heard from him for over a week. A week? No, I, I'm sorry, I, I haven't seen him. Good to have a brother like you, though. So worried about him. Please, keep the flyer. There's contact information if you see him. Hi, have you seen this man? Hi, uh, please, take a flyer. Okay. Hi, have you seen this man? Let me see. Maybe. There was an American man around your age. Looked a bit like you. A bit different from this. Really? That's Colin. Uh, My brother. I'm looking for him and haven't heard from him in a week. Yeah, it was about a week ago. He popped into the shop and picked up some food. He helped me pick up some fallen produce. Did he tell you anything about where he was going? How did he seem? What was he wearing? Slow down, slow down. He didn't speak to me much. Just a few pleasantries. I don't remember what, exactly. Yeah, uh, of course. Sorry. Thanks. Keep the flyer. Uh, If you remember anything else, you can contact me with that email address. I'll be working the entry gate at the festival. I'll keep an eye out for you, brother. But it seemed like he was on his way out of here. Not much to do in Crooksbond. Not unless you're here. Here for the festival. Exactly. Sorry, Dad. We'll keep an eye out. Oh, thanks. We will. We will. Yes. Uh, wait. Uh, do you run the shop with the honesty box for payment? Yes. Can you wait a second? Uh, someone wants to talk to you. All right. But only a moment. Uh, shouldn't be long. Gwen! Gwen! Yes. This man runs the local shop. 
Hi. Um, I was wondering if you saw anyone in the last few days come in and purchase any jam. Specifically, the fresh plum preserves, uh, bottled juice and some home-dried prune snacks, all bought at the same time. You mean things people buy every single day around here? Food like that gets bought together all the time. In the last few days, I've been preparing for the festival. Anyone could have gone in and picked up anything. So as long as they put a few quid in the basket, I don't mind too much. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Thank you for your time. If you haven't got any more questions, I'm going to go now. Lots to get done before the festival. Good day, Miles. Thank you, Roger. Goodbye. Good luck. Sorry you couldn't get any helpful information, lad. Well, I have a lot more places to look. Thank you for your help today, Roger. Uh, We certainly don't want to take up any more of your time, and I know you're busy with the festival coming up. Yes. I do have a lot to prepare for. Good day. Goodbye. Where are you going? Um, I want to check a few more things. Uh, I won't be too long, then I think I'll go back to the Fox and Bloom for a bit. Yeah, uh, I'll join you. I need a minute, so just come get me when you're done. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Mildred Allhill. Mary Margaret Muss, Gwendolyn Acker. Can I help you find someone in particular? Father, sorry, you made me jump. (laughs) Not Father, Reverend John, but John is fine. Sorry to have startled you, but can I help you find someone in particular today? The chapel grounds may not be large, but they do sprawl somewhat. Someone? Oh, oh, the graves, graves. Um, No, thank you. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but, um... Some of the headstones here are... They're strangely beautiful. Here, these ones. This design is so unique, I don't think I've seen anything like it before. The plums, yes. We have many graves with this motif, and they are rather beautiful. We have a local stone carver, too, actually. Henry Moss and his daughter Delia, greatly talented. Their family has designed and carved every gravestone you see, going back to the late 17th century. Here. Clusters of plum flowers such as these denote wives and daughters of orchard workers. Have you been in town long? I didn't see you at the service. Uh, No, 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 not long. I didn't reach the church until the bell was about to ring. The hymn sounded wonderful, though, even from out here. Uh... So what about this one? It's it's stunning. Yes, these are some of our most detailed and delicate. A fully depicted plum tree is reserved for members of the Allhill family. And here, heavy laden boughs from the trees denote work as farmhands. Okay, wow, so some of these are very new. At least it appears so. Perhaps the last few years or so? Yes, the tradition holds to this day. We lost Elder Allhill just last October, and his stone was erected around Christmas. And here, another example. The plums alone, all bunched together, represents local artisans, those who make goods from the Allhill bounty. This stone with the boughs 
Michael Turner? He was a farmhand. What year was this? Well, let's see. Michael Turner. I think he passed away in the 1850s. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to lock up. The festival is coming and there's a lot to do. (laughs) Of course. You have a beautiful church, John. Thank you for the little tour. (laughs) Neil. Neil. Hmm. How do you feel about this place? The people? I understand small villages have their own history, but I've never heard of anything like this. Little eccentricities like this, they tend to get noticed, admired. Even the church would attract some quaint tourism. They seem to avoid it, though, very much intentionally, and it's certainly not easy to get answers from anyone. I'm worried being too straightforward might just make me sound like a loon. Hello, can you tell me if your jams cure Alzheimer's? But these people, they don't want us here, and neither does Ad... My patient, she kept telling me to leave. Just ask your questions, then. Why does it matter what they think of you? This morning you were so enthused about this possible miracle, but you won't even ask someone if they know your patient. I get it. Doctor-patient confidentiality. (sighs) But you're not going to get any answers by trying to polite your way through the issue. Shit, didn't you say you had names? Just tell people. Neil? If what you said is true, it's a miracle, right? So ask people. Ask the priest or the farmer. Maybe they help if you just ask. Neil, Neil, (sighs) breathe. But no one here knows anything about him. Colin is out there somewhere, and and I can't find him. He could be in a ditch or or under a bridge. I don't know. I don't know. That's the problem. I don't know. And and you, if if you have more information, just tell people. You're making it harder on yourself. I have to keep looking. Thanks again for the ride, but I can't help your search for something you don't even talk about. I I need to find Colin. I'm sorry you haven't found Colin yet, but I forgot. And I apologise. I shouldn't assume you're focused on what I'm here for. Not at all. You have your own valid concerns. Finding Colin is your priority. Is there any way I can help you? You can tell me the whole story. I'll listen. No. Maybe. I'm sorry. I I overreacted. I was just... Thinking about it all when you came back. Thanks, you're not obligated to help, really. I could use that drink. It's not even noon. That drink being a coffee? Ah. (laughs) Help! That was loud. Who closes a church in the middle of the day? Sorry if I startled you. These doors make a real racket. Still worth it for the beauty in them. A fine adornment for a house of God. Uh, Neil, this is Reverend John. Uh, Reverend? John is fine. Uh, Do you have a question for me as well? Oh, sure. Well, church is back in the U.S. Uh, At least in my hometown, they almost never close. Granted, our churches suffer a lot of damage, uh... Graffiti, burned Bibles, kids bunking up in the pews after a bender. You are correct. In Croxmont, we almost never close our doors. 
and we have very little in the way of vandalism. But we do close them around the annual Plum Festival. The preparations have begun, as I'm sure you're aware. Our church has been meticulously and lovingly maintained over the centuries. It's a gem in our little village. But during the Plum Festival, we see the highest recorded number of crimes and local disturbances. Tourists coming in, not respecting our treasures. Perhaps a little deep in a bottle of plum liquor. A closed door is an effective deterrent for a drunken, easily distracted mind. So we close during the festival, which is also why we hold extra services beforehand. No worries, though. I still deliver a sermon on Sunday morning from the festival stage for those interested in worship beneath the boughs of God's bounty. Now, excuse me, I, I, I've got an appointment to keep. Uh, goodbye, Father... Uh, Father... Father John. Reverend. Reverend John... John. <laughs> goodbye. <sighs> Father John? I just put him in Robin Hood's Band of Merry Men. That little John. Great. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so coffee? Yes, that's perfect. Here for food, dears. Uh, yes, and coffee, thank you. Not a problem. Take a seat. I'll be out to you in a jiffy. Corner? I'll meet you there. I'm just going to pop upstairs for a few minutes. All right. Does the Wi-Fi work in here? As well as anywhere else in here, dear. Thanks. Uh, we have the corner table. I'm just going to make a call. <sighs> hey, Colin. It's, uh, it's Neil, leaving another message. If I found you and you haven't heard this one yet, just like the others, you can delete it. Otherwise, here's what's happening. Still looking for you, so I made it over to Cruxmont. I went to that uh, other town first, uh, the one with the castle, and walked from there. I think you would have done that too, so I looked for anything of yours on the road, but didn't. You know. Anyway, I, I nearly got hit by a car, and this British doctor gave me a ride into town. If you do get this message before I find you, I'm at the Fox and Bloom. I have a room here for tonight. Then I'll have to find somewhere else in town. Oh, also, I have your jacket. Some teenager found it after he saw you on one of the hills. I'm getting closer to finding you. Uh, oh, uh, I took your advice. Uh, I already put it in the last message, so whatever. But yeah, uh, at least you're around here somewhere. It's gorgeous here. You know, I haven't seen an advertisement for McDonald's or a Shell station or a strip mall since I got here. Please check your messages or email me. Set off a flare. I don't care. Just hope you're okay. I'll find you, Colin. I'm sorry. I'll get you home. Love you. Bye. 
Hey, sorry about that. Not a problem. So what's your next move? I think I'll talk to Mary. Her? I think she might be related to my patient. Oh. Well, see. That's something. Uh, Mary, do you happen to know... It, do you have any sisters or cousins? Yes, of course. <laughs> I have a sister and six cousins. Now, here's your coffee. Uh, careful, very hot. Sugar and cream. Can I get you anything else? Can I see the lunch menu? Of course, dear. When we were out uh, walking to the church, we met Roger Allhill. Oh? Yeah, I saw something under one of the trees in the orchard. He said it was a small statue of a fox. Oh, you mean a figurine of the fox. <laughs> oh, yes. Those have been going out in the orchard over the last few days. Dear little things, aren't they? Oh, uh, here's the menu, dear. Thanks. So, uh, what are these figurines? He said something about the children taking them home. Yes. You see, there's a fox that lives in that orchard, bigger than all the other foxes around and about, and it keeps our trees clear of rodents. Really? How big? <laughs> no, dear, I'm teasing. We just have normal foxes, but the legend says otherwise. And what's that, then? The legend? <sighs> Generations ago, when the locals were chasing foxes away from their lambs and lambs, the desperate foxes rushed into the orchards burrowing into rodent dens to escape the pursuing shepherds. As they burrowed deeper, the rats fled, and the trees of the orchard grew stronger. You see, the rodents had been chewing away at the roots, waiting for the plums to ripen. The foxes found safety in our orchards, and one night, an ancestor of the All Hills went out amongst the trees. Now, this was when the orchard was smaller, only a few of the hills we have today, and saw a larger fox, so large that when it stood up on its hind legs, it could eat plums from the boughs. Well, that old hill said the great fox gave his orchards health and protected his bounty. When he told the villagers, they came looking for the fox, hoping it would give them health and protection as well. But this hurt the orchard. And over the years, this old hill ancestor told people only to come looking when the boughs were so heavy with fruit that the great fox could eat from them. That's the origin of our festival too. If you go searching or trampling around the orchard at night, the great fox may hunt you, thinking you a rat hurting the precious trees. So now, when local children go to the festival, they look for little hidden fox figurines the older ones have made at school. Finding one is lucky. They act like a little charm until the next festival comes round. The children get their faces painted with little fox noses and whiskers, then go on a hunt for the figurines. All good fun. That's cute. Must be nice to have nice local legends like that around here. Back home, we just have this legend about a scary guy who lives under a bridge and tries to pull you under if you walk over it at night. Sounds very American. <laughs> Can I get you anything to eat, then? The vegetable pie sounds great, thanks. Did you and your sister search for the figurines as children? Your cousins? Well, yes, all the children did. Some of my older cousins carved the figurines I found over the years... I made some for my younger cousins. That's cute. I never really knew my cousins. But I guess in a small village like this, family is so close and means a lot. It's nice. What were the names? Well, my sister is Anne. She's one of the jam makers. She'll have a stall at the festival. And, and my cousins are Henrietta, Mark, John, Edith, Adelaide, and Paul. Oh, really? 
And do they still live here in town, all of them? Oh, yes. We're all local. It's nice to keep family close, isn't it? Cruxmont is our home. Now, I'll get you that vegetable pie. Oh, anything for you, dear? Uh, no, thank you. There. Was that what you needed? Yes. Her cousin. But my patient isn't here in town. So Mary lied. Why lie to us? What is there to hide? I think there's a lot of lying going on. What are you currently thinking? My patient lied. Or more so, avoided telling me about this place. Hmm. But I don't get the impression that it's because of elder abuse or the like. She talked about her memory so fondly. There is a large elderly population in the village, isn't there? Coming out of the church... It... At least in the U.S., church-going populations are steadily aging. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't clear. The elderly people here, those I've seen, are extremely active for their age. Even Mary herself still holds a job, has no noticeable memory lapses, no slurred words or shaking movements... The quality of life exhibited by the elderly population here appears greater than I've seen in even the most premium of care facilities. I saw that one guy at the church with a walker. Mm -mm, Mental quality, not physical. How much do you know about aging? Do you ever think about what life will be like for you in 50 years, 60? I'm not even 30 yet. I don't think... I don't even think I'll get to retire given how my life's going, so I don't like to dwell on it. Mm, That's the answer I get from most people your age. Something here is beneficial. Lifestyle. Fresh air, maybe. Careful. It's piping hot. Thank you. I'd check out Is At Noon Tomorrow, just to remind you. I heard this strange noise last night. Short, punctuated sounds, a bit like yelling. Was it really the foxes? Yes. We actually put up signs during the festival, since so many of you city folk never seem to know. It's called geckering. Means some foxes got into a bit of a scuffle. Nothing to worry about, except a bit of lost sleep. You get used to it. Well, whatever is helping out the locals, it's not their diet. Mm. This isn't exactly the healthiest food. And this is the vegetable version. No. What about something else, like the water? Or the plums? It has to be the plums. These people eat it with everything. Look, there are even plum slices in the water. God forbid you're born with some stone fruit allergy. The air here would kill you. No. Okay, um, not even the water. Um, okay. Lifestyle. People working in the orchards and at their craft all day. I had a teacher who used to say, uh, working hands never weary. But it's kind of true. Keeps the mind sharp. Mm. Of course, regular exercise for your mind is just as important as physical exercise. But none of this explains what happened to my patient. Adelaide. I never told you her name. No, but you look surprised to hear Edith. Once you said Adelaide, your eyes narrowed. And you did that creepy kind of side smirk. Like a villain saying, aha, in their head. Rude. But not wrong. Hmm. So what do you think? What's your current hypothesis? Genetics. Hmm. The local population may have um, 
an adaptation against neurodegenerative diseases. People can have that? Genetic adaptations like that? Everyone has genetic adaptations. What do you do for a living? I work in IT. And I don't read a lot of books. Mm, The American school system failed you. It fails us all. So, tell me more, Dr. Gwen. Well, you know some of them, I'm sure. Uh, Genetic adaptation can be anything from skin pigmentation to whether or not you can tolerate milk products. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did know that. Hmm. Well, it can also apply to a variety of adaptations far less well-known. Each is part of the adaptive evolution of individual groups across the globe. Sometimes two groups come to the same adaptation, even when separate. For example, separate populations living in the Andes and the Tibetan Plateau developed a genetic adaptation to better survive in high-altitude hypoxic environments. Hmm. Additionally, groups can adapt to combat or avoid disease. For example, malaria and the sickle cell mutation. There are adaptations to avoid cholera or the effects of cholesterol. So who's to say there isn't one to combat neural degenerative disorders? But... uh, But what? But it doesn't explain Adelaide. If it were genetic, it would be internalised and inherent. She would never have been ill. Right. None of this helps you understand what happened to Adelaide, since she was sick in the first place. Not a genetic adaptation, so it has to be something, what, transportable? Transportable? Huh. That's an interesting idea. Or, wild thought, (laughs) Adelaide's not from here. No, I mean, sure, the stuff you found came from here, but... Maybe Adelaide was adopted or something. Mm, She looks a lot like her cousin, though. Same hair, same stature. Granted, they're both elderly, but they look alike. So, who's Edith? The visitor who brought the picnic basket of Croxmont goods to Adelaide's room the night before her recovery. Okay, so they're related. Cousins, at least. Maybe second cousins. Gwen? Something transportable. Something that could be brought to her. Ingested. She had that jam. We had jam. This place sells jam by the tree load. Mm, I'll think of something. What about you? What are your plans? Well, I thought I'd go out to look at some potential campsites next. Mm-hmm. The hills, maybe, or out in the trees. The hills belong to the all-hill orchards. They may not want me out there, but that's where Jeff saw Colin running over the hill before he disappeared. And where he found the jacket. So, it's my next best shot. Wait. Who's Colin? What? Colin! Um, I'm sorry. I I must have missed something. Who? Don't mind Cruxmont. Written and created by K.A. Stats. Produced and directed with sound design by Travis Fengroff. Edited with sound design, mixing, and mastering by Dane Leonardson. And with script and casting consulting by Gemma Amor. Starring Adjua Ando, Daniel Demeron, Erica Sanderson, Marcus Bentley, Sue Bomer, Sinclair Bell, and David Alt. With executive producers Dennis Greenhill, 
Michael Viegas, Carol Vengroff, and AJ Punkin. Additional dialogue editing by Sarah Baczynski of Polarity Audio Works, and music by Stephen Malin. This episode would not be possible without the support of our listeners on Patreon, so please consider supporting us there at patreon.com slash foolandscholar, or by sharing this show with a friend. This episode is copyrighted 2022 by Fool and Scholar Productions. Thank you for listening. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.